0: Now, let's give you a rundown of uh, the history of prohibition efforts. As early as 1158, governments were regulating the beverage. The most famous of such laws was the Reinheitsgebots in 1516. But they were about controlling quality and enforcing protectionism rather than condemning drinking and limiting the people's ability to do so. Prohibition efforts in America are famous, Before the 18th Amendment, however, there were various laws and movements at local and state levels to discourage or outlaw alcohol. And it wasn't until the 18th Amendment that we saw federal intervention there. In 1851, Maine prohibited the sale of all alcoholic beverages. Uh, By 1855, 12 states had totally prohibited alcohol. However, these laws were unpopular and led to riots. Also, dry states could do nothing about interstate alcohol transport, thank the constitution for that, and enforcement was difficult. The Women's Christian Temperance Movement was formed in 1873 to advocate for complete prohibition. It produced the infamous Carrie Nation, also known as the Hatchet Granny, who smashed saloons to pieces with her axe. Wouldn't want to mess with her. She was arrested 30 times for violent conduct and property damage. The Anti-Saloon League, another prohibitionist group, formed in 1893 to pressure politicians for abolition of alcohol. They worked within the system and through public relations campaigns, a.k.a. propaganda, to change public opinion. Check out the cartoons from this era for some entertainment. I remember seeing some really good ones in high school um, that, yeah, just portrayed guys drinking as, like, just total losers and, like, abandoning their kids, killing their kids and stuff like that. Really uh, far out things. Uh, They used a lot of emotional tactics involving destitute children and abusive fathers. An unknown fact to us was that in 1920, two doctors at the 15th International Congress Against Alcoholism in Washington seriously considered exterminating drinkers, but settled on just sterilizing them (laughs) and putting them in concentration camps because that was much better than, I guess, outright killing them. And of course, this was never implemented, but damn, that it was even brought up and people were like, hmm, yeah, I'll consider that. Pretty scary. As we alluded to in Episode 7 on taxation, uh, 10 out of 10 would recommend. It would be a very good use of your time. Go check us out on YouTube and BitChute. 40% of American tax revenue was excise taxes on alcohol back in the day. However, the passage of the 16th Amendment, which allowed nationwide income taxes, opened the door for freeing, quote unquote, the nation from the scourge of alcoholism. In 1917, the Congress had 140 drives out of 204 uh, Democrats and 138 dries out of 200 Republicans, so a majority of both parties supported prohibition. Also, beer was associated with Germany, which was the enemy in the war effort. Despite the presidential veto, the 18th Amendment was ratified in early 1919, which outlawed the manufacture, sale, and transportation of alcohol. It's worth noting that at the time, 33 out of 48 states were already dry. Prohibition lasted
1: from 1919 to 1933. It was highly ineffective due to smuggling, homebrewing, difficulty of enforcement, and corruption. Liquor surged in popularity while beer declined, quite contrary to what these people would have liked to see. Speakeasies popped up by the thousands in most major cities. In fact, I think there is reportedly 10,000 of them in Chicago alone. 10,000? Yeah, in New York City too, about that many. Organized crime grew, profiting from the sale of illegal alcohol. The term bootlegger came from this era, as alcohol smugglers would often hide liquor in the leg of their boots. Most people turned a blind eye to this until the gangs started shooting each other up. FDR ran in 1929 on a repeal platform and won. Huge. The 21st Amendment repealed Prohibition in 1933, and that was that. This amendment allowed states to continue to be dry, and many chose to do so for decades after. I believe Mississippi was the last to allow alcohol in their state, I think in the 60s or something. Wow. The last holdout. Yep. Uh, Even today, there are dry counties within states, but no dry states. The effects of prohibition were almost entirely negative. It caused organized crime to balloon out of control, which led to crackdowns on gun ownership, like the NFA. Daniel is still mad about that. Still
0: mad, even to this day.
1: It destroyed America's beer and wine industries, caused an increase in sugary drinks, and increased the popularity of spirits. It was about as successful as the war on drugs has been. I wasn't going to go there, but I see. I
0: will go there. (laughs) (laughs) I will always go there. Very unsuccessful, led to organized crime. Same thing happening today. I rest my case.
1: Anyways, before Prohibition, there were 1,392 brewers, but after only 164 were around, which meant that they were operating illegally if you think about it. This led due to the effects of monopolization on the diminishing quality of American beer. And let me say, it was so bad that to have Americans resort to sugary drinks instead of beer. I would argue sugary drinks have had a worse impact on
0: America than beer. And do you think that we would have the current obesity crisis today if it hadn't been for that? Do you think we would have adopted sugary drinks as much as we have? Or would it have happened later? It still would have happened?
1: Well, I, I say um, sugary drinks definitely contribute to the obesity epidemic. I don't think that's much that contentious to say, but it's hard to say what would have happened. But before Prohibition, the average American was drinking beer and they liked their beer in the traditional kind of bitter tasting way what came from Germany. We're going to talk about that later with sourness of beer. Yes. But they didn't have to have such sweet drinks. But after Prohibition, like all these American beer companies, they had to make their drinks taste more sugary in order to appeal to the American people because they got a new sweet tooth.
0: Sure. That's yeah, what I say. I think it became like a snowball effect. I'm not sure if we could have stopped sugary drinks from being adopted during the like fast food Revolution. Oh, yeah. But that was way after, wasn't it? That was way after. But it kind of makes me wonder, like, if there hadn't been prohibition, would we never have gotten that sweet tooth? Would we just have been instead serving beer at McDonald's, like in Pulp Fiction, where he says, and in Paris, you can buy beer at McDonald's. Hmm. You know, maybe that would have been our future if we hadn't had prohibition. Who knows? Thanks for listening to the Sons of Antiquity highlight reel. To hear this clip in context and to enjoy our full-length episodes, check out the links in the description or search Sons of Antiquity on YouTube, BitChute, Spotify, or Apple and Google Podcasts.